Hey there, welcome to the Coach C Podcast. This is Christine Nielsen, and this is your weekly Coach C Podcast. We rebooted this podcast because we wanted to share with you, our audience, uh, real entrepreneur stories for real business owners, real leaders, and what we're talking about right now is reboot and reset. And we hope that you get a lot of value out of this content. Thank you for joining the Coach C Podcast. You can reach us at on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can also follow us on any of our channels. We're on YouTube, and if, for those of you who are joining us on YouTube, welcome to the Daily C with Coach C. Today we have an incredibly special guest. One of the things that I've been deep diving into is, you know, everybody has suddenly found themselves working from home, and what that what does that mean for businesses and what does it mean for entrepreneurs specifically and we like to talk about different challenges in various industries but with all of these people working from home i got really interested in cybersecurity now <laughs> cybersecurity to me sounds really scary it sounds like something that you would hear from perhaps um like uh the Navy or like spies or something like that. So I've invited our guest today. His name is Mike Regan. And Mike has a really interesting story. So number one, Mike started his business uh, many, many years ago, but he, he first started in the electronics called Regatronics in 1989. And when Mike started his business, he actually started in working with IBM personal computers. Morph that into today where he's moved from and reset his business several times from being someone who, you know, worked at IBM, first generation personal computers, to having his own company, repairing PC parts and components, as well as then now working on networks and security. And his, you can see the, tra the trajectory that his business has taken. So Mike has reset, reinvented and pivoted his business a few times and over the course of his 30 years of experience. So welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you maybe share a little bit about yourself with us? Thanks very much for inviting me, Christine. It's, uh, it's very interesting the way the dynamics have changed in the last couple of months. You know, uh, I'll be glad to share any information that you want about the cybersecurity. It's, it is uh, certainly a threat, something we want to pay attention to but it is manageable. Um, so we can go through some of those discussion points and we'll find out, and I'll explain to you how you can do it without you know, breaking the bank. Yes, and I think, I think a lot of our listeners are really going to appreciate that. And, you know, because I do think there's a lot of myths around cybersecurity. And maybe we'll start, before we talk about the myths around cybersecurity, with all of the companies that you've seen and the big pivots of people working from home now, what is the number one request you get on a daily basis? So what are your clients dealing with when you're working with them? Their simple issues is how do I connect to the company? You know, it's not working or, you know, what type of internet connection do I need? Um, how do I print from that connection? How do I print at home? Is that in my, or am I forced into a totally paperless world, which some people have? Yeah. Um, it's mostly, and then is it secure? When I am connected to the office, my IT department's setting up these rules or these processes that I have to follow, and I'm not sure why I have to follow them. Um, what is the security that's behind all this? And am I at risk? Is my home network at risk because I'm connecting up to the office? Right. So people want to know, one, how do I connect? 
to how do I print? And then the third and fourth questions are, is it secure from, is my home office secure? And I think that's on everybody's mind. What are the risks? Uh, the risks, well, the risk is getting your data compromised, either at home or at the office. You know, at home, our data is typically, you know, uh, some financial data, possibly spreadsheets, uh, you know, you can have some financial applications and stuff. Um, there also is, you know, the, the element of ransomware, which is, which, which is really a big point of cybersecurity. You know, ransomware is where somebody infects all your files, they hold them captive, ransom, and you have to pay the money to get your data back. I've heard horror stories uh, of this. Yes, and, uh, and they're very good at it. Uh, you know, it comes in a lot of times from emails, just the right time, right subject matter, you click on it, it's an attachment, and also all your files are gone. Um, so that's a big risk. And, you know, from the, from the IT point of view, when we look at uh, the offices, is now, whereas I had everybody was inside the company, managed through the firewall in the company, now I've got 10, 100 people outside coming into the company. What's that risk? Are their computers secure? What's the element that we have to deal with to make sure we're not going to get into trouble? And also, and then as much as you see the hospitals overloaded, yeah. IT businesses can get overloaded dealing with a whole bunch of ransomwares out there as well. Yes. So we put in a lot of measures, so we can discuss those a little bit to keep those at bay. But um, it's, it's yes. complicated at times. You know, and a lot of our clients are senior level leaders in large companies. We also have a lot of entrepreneurs, and they had to make these shifts so quickly. So, for instance, you've got a large uh, banking in in the banking industry. You've got one of the top five or or top five banks in Canada, and they've had to really swiftly move people out of their offices and out of trading floors and into their homes or in the satellite offices. So specific industries are also hyper-targeted by a lot of these, um, what do you call them, attackers, cyber attacks? Yeah, hackers. Hackers. Yeah. yeah. So some industries, do you see a shift in, you know, are all industries attacked the same way or do you see it happening in different industries more as opposed to other industries? Or is everybody just attacked and hacked it's, the same yeah, way? Well, they're not going to necessarily go after the small businesses or the home offices because the data might not be that valuable to you. But if you go off to institutions, you know, banks, hospitals, education, things like that, they can't live without that data. Right. So they pay the ransom, so, or they recover the ransom. So that's always been that. That's not new. You know, it's just there's just a more increase of these cyber attacks. And Have you noticed? I, I guess the cyber attack is really like an email mostly. It's not like somebody banging on a computer. Right. Which is which is the insidious part of it. Even as early as last week. I received one of these emails in my inbox and I sent it actually to my lawyer and he said, I think this is a virus, shut everything down. Now, fortunately, I use an Apple computer, so it wouldn't allow me to even open the email. So nothing happened. And I did have it looked at after our conversation. Um, so to make sure, but these, if this is happening randomly on, and, and it came from one of an, another client of mine, which was really unfortunate because it meant they were infected and they were not unwittingly knowing that they were passing this infection through to anyone in their contacts. Yes. And, and there's a big part of that, where it's, it affects your reputation. Yes. And that, that's a big part. That's what people are not necessarily realizing. And so some of the, a lot of these attacks go unreported because I have to admit that my system was flawed or not, not set up at par. And then we got infected and maybe some data 
was was taken from us. Right. Um, as we saw early on with uh, Zoom, right? Yes. One of the most highly publicized issues where all of us, you know, now we're working from home and Zoom just went through the roof, their, their market share, the number of people using their platform skyrocketed internationally. Mm-hmm. And they became very susceptible and they did have attacks that really caused a lot of harm and damage. Can you speak yeah, they had, to, they had to reprogram some of their code to make it more secure. Well, like everybody, no, nobody was ready for this. No. To this extent. You know, like a few months ago, it was a, a different world. Yeah. Have you seen an increase in cyber attacks because of COVID? Or has it leveled out and been about the same? Or can you even answer that? <laughs> it, it's difficult. I, I, you know, from the reports, I see for us, like, um, we see a constant flow. It's, it's always, there's always pressure on cyber attacks. We can see it through like our, the systems that we have in place. And so I don't, I haven't seen that like going through the roof or anything, but we see more emails coming in and more questions from clients saying, you know, is this a valid email? Much like you just described, is this a valid email? They'll send it to us and we'll look at it and say, yes, no. Um, we have tools that, you know, automatically scan these things and block them. So those logs that we see are a little bit higher, but not astronomically. Right. So let's dig in a little bit in terms of, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners or mid-sized companies that now find themselves with, you know, up to 80% of their workforce working from home. And some of them are going to be re-entering and some of them will be staying home for the next foreseeable future where you're going to have this balance and juxtapose where some people will be working from home and some people will be working behind the secured firewall. What are, you know, from your perspective, what are the three things that are the most important for a business owner to uh, tend to? So what are the three most simple things that can provide them security, um, from cyber attacks? So um, what we did is um, we looked at three things. The, the, the connection, how are they going to connect to the office? What technology are we going to use to connect to the office? Then we looked at, you know, once you're connected to the office, what is the security that's set up at both ends? Um, and then let's say we did all those things. We made those like very strong, you know, using some of the best technology. It's possible it still happens. It's possible it's still a, a, you know, a compromise of data or your systems get compromised. Then we look at the continuity. What, we, what do we have to do now to recover as fast as possible? Hmm. So, so it's really four things. It's connectivity. So it's four things. Connectivity, security. And continuity. Continuity. So it is three yeah. things. Okay. Yeah, the continuity uh, includes the recovery. Recovery. Okay. Um, so the... The connectivity was you, you connect you shouldn't be connecting just straight to your servers over the internet. That means the servers are available on the internet. So you have to use a VPN. And there's layers of technology in there that uh, you can use to make even a VPN more secure, mm-hmm. uh, like an SSL VPN. Um, and most routers include this. Even like the, the inexpensive routers, they can be set up. Um, then we looked at, once that connection is made, then we look at the security because your computer at home has its own level of security. And, you know, some of these are home computers which are not necessarily managed by us, so we don't know what that, the health of that computer is. Um, because you can have these viruses that are on the computer and they sit there and wait for periods of time before they don't necessarily get in, and they don't necessarily produce the infection right away. Mm. So we have to look at that. So then 
when we went to the security, we went to most of the firewalls we had out there, and we put security on the firewalls themselves. So an antivirus, uh, you know, intrusion protection, some technologies that scan those packets of data that are coming into the office before they get to the computer. So they get blocked. And those are the logs that we're seeing that they were blocking, you know, like I said, a little bit more of these attacks um, because we can see in the log. So they're getting blocked at the firewall level. Mm-hmm. So that gives you like a, a good connection to the office and a fair bit of good security, and it's generally available with most routers that you have. Okay. And if, and if you don't have one of those routers, they're not they're not terribly expensive to get. So you get a, a fair bit of security. And then we looked at the uh, the servers. So if somebody did were to connect and the server were to get infected, um, how do we recover? So they, these technologies are like. You can, re- you can back up on-site, you can back up to the cloud. Um, the backups themselves are often bootable. So like you just, the server gets infected and it's offline, you go and you right-click on the backup device and you say boot, and the server boots up from its last backup. Okay, so your downtime is mitigated. It's very, very low. And, uh, and that is very, very important to have because yeah. I think we're always on the, the short end of this the stick, right? Because we're being attacked by lots of people, and there's only a few people that can defend you. So right. you should have your you should have your continuity system set up, tested, in place, and then the rest really is is you know more relaxed. Yeah, I have a question. So let's talk about the cloud for a moment, because I think a lot of people back up their all their information into the cloud, whether it's an iCloud, a Google Cloud, an SAAS cloud, whatever their cloud is that they're working from. How secure is the cloud or the clouds? And does it depend on the um, provider? The, um, the cloud is you know, relatively secure. Your data gets up to that. How are they backing it up? Um, what's the recovery time to it? Like Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox. Um, these all get mounted in your computer. Like if you open up File Explorer, you'll see them on the side where you can drive files onto them. Mm-hmm. Well, that means they're also available to any kind of attack. So if you get if your computer gets infected, it will go after your OneDrive, your Google Drive, and all that. And then you have to then you're at their mercy to say when can I get this data back? And uh, usually it's a best effort scenario, so it takes a day, two days, a week, whenever they can get around to it. So So if you are um, using something like that, is there a better way to secure your your personal or your home office computers if you're using those backup? methodologies? Is there something you can do? Um, yes, the different technologies. Um, you can buy a hosted, well, you can, you know, you buy a hosted backup solution, which backs up your server in its entire, or your desktop, or your, your MacBook. And it backs it up to a, you know, location on site in your house, which is, you know, set up so it's not readily visible to any kind of hackers that are coming in. It's not a drive in your file explorer. It's in this password protected and it's encrypted. You set that up, and then at night you send the last backup offsite. That's a simple, um, easy, affordable solution. And what that means is you have your data in three spots. You have it in your production environment where you're using it on a daily basis. You have it in an on-site backup, so you can go to that for quick individual file recovery. It's not like a disaster. You might delete a file and you can go get it from there. Mm-hmm. And then you have offsite, and so if you were if you're sending it offsite once a day, then 
you know, you're not overriding the, the backup either. So you can go back to the previous day from the offsite backup and go back to the multiple backups onsite. Okay. So it's it's a it's a leveled approach, and uh, it's very work works very very well. Okay. Well, I think that gives people um, not a sense of false confidence, but confidence that they can make sure when they are working from home and that their business is safe if they do certain steps and they put those precautionary measures in. What other things do you recommend for people to pay attention to that maybe they don't realize are simple solutions or just kind of, you know, you know, but the average person doing business doesn't necessarily? Yeah, it's, you know, the one thing that you should do is let's say you are like an Office 365 where you're running your business off of a cloud-based application. You should be clear as to how it's being protected, how they're backing up, and what is their recovery time. Because if if something happens and they have to get your data, it's not like you have an IT guy that you can call up. It's you know it's whoever the company is that you're using. So there should be a clear, and you should understand how to recover the or not necessarily how to recover how they will recover your systems. Okay, that's very clear because a lot of companies being on the cloud is extremely advantageous in these days. Yes, because you can work from anywhere. You bring your phone home, you bring your computer home, and you just turn it on and it works. But what happens when something happens bad to that? How do you get out of that mess? Right. Um, the one thing I didn't mention before is you should, but it should be using. Multi-factor authentication as well. Okay. Same the Google that. Authenticator. It's on your cell phone. Somebody go log on. Some people do it on their banks. They do it on Office 365. You log on and it texts you a code. And then you enter in the code and it goes. That that's a very very strong tool to validate the computers that are accessing the system. Mm-hmm. We deployed that to uh, most of our clients, saying so they can only get on from certain computers. They can't get on from any computer. Okay. Excellent. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, with people moving and, and being working from home right now, there's a whole lot of new factors, friends, teenagers, uh, you know, different businesses being run off of the same network. So tell me a little bit about the risks when you have, you know, more than just the person who works for the company or the entrepreneur working from home. Tell me what some of those things might be. Well, one of the things we recommended to everybody was to go and change their Wi-Fi password, uh, regardless of whether they were connecting to their network through a wired connection or a Wi-Fi, because everybody shares their Wi-Fi password at home. Yeah. Um, so to do that would then also limit any compromised device coming into your house um, to get onto the network automatically, and then something happens. The... The other issue is a lot of routers now provide a guest network. So you would have one that would give you access to any of the devices like printers, scanners that are plugged into the network. You get access to those when you're attached to the, the, let's say, the production network. But when somebody comes in as a guest, they only have access to the internet. So when you bring, so that's what you give out to all your kids, friends, and family for their cell phones. Yeah. They just get the guest network. And that separates the two networks quite well. And adds another layer of protection. Excellent. So it's just as simple as keeping that guest network only accessible to passengers through the house. <laughs> Not very many passengers right now, but they have been here. You know, when I think about our network, and as soon as you shared that with me last week, I, I actually changed our password and created a new guest network. Uh, we used to have it, and then we had changed some things on the system and didn't have it any longer. And realizing that, you know, I have 18-year-old kids running around and 
and 16 year old kids running around, they all have access to that Wi-Fi. So I think it's really important. It's, it's a subtle thing that until we spoke, I didn't really think about that. And it's, it's a major thing to do. Yeah. Um, you might want to consider that doing on a more frequent basis. Yeah. The other part is the firewalls that you have at home, uh, they often have updates. They're called firmware updates. Yes. They're fairly automatic. You can log onto the device, they look for updates and they'll update. And often what updates are doing is setting up additional security uh, holes that are plugging up security holes on these devices. Yeah. Um, consider like any kind of cameras that you have on the devices, you know, like smart fridges, all these things are access points for somebody to get onto the network. Yes. So the guest network is a really good solution for that because that's where you put those devices on. So, Mike, last week when we were speaking, we talked a little bit about um, what your clients are dealing with. And, you know, you mentioned having a dashboard to be able to purview the security. So tell us a little bit more about what M2Tech does and how you protect your clients and what that dashboard means for them. Okay, so... Um what we've done, like you, you talked about that when I started my company in 1989 as Um At that point, there weren't really many computers out there being used for uh, certain critical purposes. Like, you know, that was the, the beginning of the industry. Yeah. Within about 10 years, you know, the computers became more and more prevalent and, and the dependency started to increase. So it, the industry developed, you know, this industry is full of acronyms. And so it came up with this called NSP, which is a managed service provider. Right. Um, and so what that is, is you, to be a managed service provider, you have to invest in some tools. And what these tools, some of the tools would be is like an agent gets installed on the computer, and that agent will manage the security settings on the computer, will manage the antivirus settings on the computer. They'll look at the hardware and look at like, you know, some, some of the, you know, disk space and things like that. And it will alert us automatically if, you know, something happens. We set thresholds for them. And then in our office on the dashboard, a, a company will, a red, the company will go from green to red. We'll click on the company and inside there, we'll see all the devices and say, okay, there's a problem with this. And that could be as easy or something as simple as a printer going offline. Right. But we want to manage the networks. And to manage the network, you have to be ahead as much of the problem as possible. Otherwise, you're always chasing the tail and always running around fixing things. And we don't really want to do that. Microsoft came out with an update today that uh, we have to postpone. And so we'll stop the update because it's causing problems. Apple so, did uh, that last week. So Apple had an update on the weekend, it was, and it was an overnight one where if your phone is plugged in and you have the automated updates happening. So on Monday, when I woke up to look in my Google Calendar, on my phone, I couldn't access it because something in the update has disabled the Google calendars on the apps and I can't even uninstall it. Now I do have an appointment with a JV appointment on the phone later today for somebody to help fix that problem for me. But I did notice, um, you know, that happened post our conversation. And I, I actually had the thought, I wonder if there's something that I could do differently with my updates to make sure that doesn't happen again. Because without my calendar, I'm lost. Yes, it's uh, it's difficult. Like uh, the Mac world and the PC world are very, very, very different. Um, we manage Macs along the same, using the same technology. And the technology for the MSP, what it does is, Microsoft recently came out, the, uh, they followed Mac. Mac has been for a long time saying, you have to do this update, you have to do this update. And you'd say, no, 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 and then finally it doesn't. Yeah. It didn't give you a chance. 
Um, Microsoft is starting to push that technology out as well because they're under pressure all the time from these attacks. Um, some of the software we, we use will make the system, it'll, it'll fool the system to think the updates have been applied. And so we always have a buffer. Right. So then it might be a week or something. They say, okay, now we push our updates out on Sundays. Okay. Um, but we know they're, they're okay. So like this problem that came out today that we found out about, we know none of our clients have got the update. And we know now, we just check and say, don't send this update. And it'll never go. Good. So you can do that as well with Macs. Ways to manage, manage it. That. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be something that when we, I have a, a person who helps me with those things at home. But um, tell me a little bit more, Mike. I think a lot of our listeners are curious in terms of the industry itself for cybersecurity. As we go forward, as we move forward, a lot of people are looking at what business pivots do I need to make? And how am I making them? So some entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, that had companies that ran out of a brick and mortar situation now have actually disbanded their office space and are no longer incurring the expensive office space. They're using either homes or, you know, different situations. So tell me a little bit about what the future for your business will look like as that ramps up coming out of out of this pandemic time. Yeah, we haven't. We we see the shift in technology, but that's the nature of what we do. Is all this technology? We're always chasing it. Um, what we've seen is a lot of like um, users are having difficulties working from home because their internet's failing or, or just not fast enough, and that's because right. it's a shared internet connection in the rural areas. It's not like you're in the office. Um, so the, we're. Now, the MSP has now become the MSSP, so Managed Security Service Provider. Mm. So that's, you know, security is a big part of our business. It's just getting bigger now. Yes. We're having to do a lot more. We're looking at, you know, we got through round one. We got everybody home. My clients are working. They're happy. You know, cameras, microphones, everything was all delivered, so they're all zooming and they're working. But now that technology is going to be not good enough, using just the VPN, just the SSLs and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be other technologies that we're going to have to start implementing, I feel, to manage those networks better. And the we're load. still nervous of all the computers at home. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and thank you for saying that because I like that you're nervous about it because you guys are the brains behind helping people like myself. So if you're nervous, it means that you're actually looking at coming up with new solutions and figuring out how do we mitigate risks. If you weren't nervous, I would suggest we're not looking hard enough at what the risks are, right? So I'm yeah, really you're glad you are. Everybody should be nervous. Everybody's IT guys should be nervous. Yeah. And they don't always necessarily know what the right next thing is going to be. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of this is we're going to try this solution for you. And if that doesn't work, we'll pick plan B. Then we have a plan C. What do you say for your clients in terms of the solutions that you will be looking at for them? We, we started off, as we always do, even before the, uh, this, this event, um, is we always start off with a continue, continuity process. Continuity, business continuity is just a replacement for a uh, disaster recovery plan. Mm -hmm. um, the technology that's available now is it's a service. It's a software as a service. You just pay a monthly fee and you have business continuity. Um, you have to test it. You have to make sure that uh, you can do all the things that the client needs. Some needs are a little bit different. But I would say that's where everybody should stop what they're doing and make sure that they talk to their IT person saying, what is my business continuity plan? How are we backing up and how can we recover? 
mm-hmm. from uh, an event. And it could be a hardware event, it could be a ransomware, it could be many things. So, you know, it could be a mistake, uh, you know, a user error. Mm-hmm. But you need to protect your data. Once your data is protected at that final stage, so you say, I can recover quickly and I'm only going to lose an hour's worth of data, then you kind of breathe a big sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that we that I think really uh, surprised me because when we look at what you know people think of the expense of cybersecurity and they think of the cost, and when you and I were speaking, I was really surprised at number one how simple simple steps can be that VPN connection, the uh, understanding you know two two factor authentication, but the actual expense of making sure that your home uh, network is secure and that your businesses are secure. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because it's not as high as I thought. No, it doesn't have to be expensive. When, like, as I said, you know, the average router that you buy today will have a VPN-type connection um, embedded into it, and it can be set up. It's not very complicated. So, you know, those $200 routers that you, you can buy, um, they will work fine. Um, what they won't have necessarily in that level of router is the you know the antivirus scanning the intrusion protection they will mm-hmm. have some little bit about it but they're not powerful enough boxes because as that firewall has to scan all that data that's coming in it holds the data back mm-hmm. and so then your internet will slow down mm-hmm. so when you get into like larger networks so your office computer if you have like 50 people or 20 people connecting to the office they could put it at the office Right. But you don't necessarily have to have it at home. And if you have like a five-user network, you can have like a, you know, an entry-level type network with some intrusion protection and antivirus on it, you know, in the, in the thousands of dollars, less low thousands, a thousand, yeah. two thousand dollars, you can set yourself up for a very, very good network, okay. a secure network. And then really, if you want to be smart about your business, you hire someone like you to come in and make sure. Now, who's your ideal client? Like what kind of cl- companies do you work with? Well, uh, we typically work in the manufacturing distribution industries, a lot in the food industry. We have um, clients, you know, in Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto that we service. Uh, we like uh, businesses that, you know, are using technology to further business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a very important part of what everybody does now, especially in these days where you're working remotely. Yeah. Um, so currently we're looking for people that are having difficulties yes. through all this because we want to help people get back up and running. And, you know, you don't really have to suffer too much through this, I don't believe. I think you can get online, you can get working, you can have productivity with the right tools and not, you know, not spending a pile of money. Yeah. I love that, um, you know, not spending a lot of money, but also making sure you have the right tools. So how do people reach you, Mike? We, your company... Uh, my company is called M2 Technology Networks. We're based out of Montreal. Um, you can go to our website, uh, m2technet.ca. Great. Um, there's a contact page. You can email us. Uh, I'm not sure if you'll put uh, my I'll email address on that. I'll put it in the notes for sure. sure. And, and by all means, give us a call and let us talk to you. Like, uh, we want to help. Yeah. I want to make sure that everybody gets through this difficult time as easy as possible. You know, Mike, when you said we want to help people and I reached out and I said, you know, I, I reached out through Corporate Connections Canada and I said, I'm looking for someone to come on my podcast to help business owners demystify cybersecurity. And I think that's really what you have helped, 
you know, us do is just demystify it. I know it can get complex. I know that there are layers and layers of things that the average person like myself doesn't understand, but having someone like you who does understand the risks and who can actually um, speak in terms of what a, what a business person needs and how we're going to pivot out of this and how we can safely protect ourselves. I think that's such a key message, and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about that today. You're very welcome. I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope everybody is safe and healthy out there. And yes. feel free to reach we out to, if you have any questions. We're fighting pandemic viruses, and we're fighting cyber viruses at the same time. Who, who would have expected that? Not us. So thanks again. And welcome. Sorry. Thank you for joining us on the Coach C podcast. And today we, we were with Mike Regan of M2 Tech. And he really talked very clearly and plainly about the things that we need to do to protect our businesses and protect uh, the health of our businesses from cyber attacks. Uh, keep listening to the Coach C podcast. We have some really spectacular guests coming up, and we'll be talking a lot about purpose, pivots, resetting, all kinds of interesting things. You can find us on YouTube at Christine Nielsen or Contrast Results Group, and you can always find me at Coach C Official on Instagram and Christine Nielsen on LinkedIn and Facebook. Look forward to hearing from you. Please share, comment, and like if you like the content that we're providing.